The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to a very refreshing hour of business talk. This is Changing the Game with Social Selling, presented by SAP. The best-run businesses run SAP. You'll hear from the innovators who know how to use game-changing technologies and business strategies to shake up the status quo in your company's future and help your organization move in exciting new directions. Now, here's your host and moderator, Bonnie D. Graham. Welcome, welcome, welcome. And if you want to run with the game changers, you are in the right place. Here's the buzz. Until recently, we believe that robots cannot have a conscious or emotions, conscious. And most importantly, we thought robots can never sell. We don't even know if a salesman replying to us in real time in the year 2020 would be a human or a robot. Sounds scary, doesn't it? But AI, artificial intelligence, has already penetrated into our lives with or without our consent. I am quoting a writer named Marine Sadiqwa. 122316, and that's what we're going to be talking about today. Okay, listen up. It's already here. The infusion of artificial intelligence into the social sales process. Will it leave a positive, lasting impression, or will AI just be a flash in the pan? There's an old-fashioned statement. Our panelists today are going to explore the pros and cons of adding AI into your social selling game, and I think game is an operative word there, and the implications for the modern B2B business-to-business salesperson. The experts speak. Let me tell you who's on the panel today. We have got a great set of thought leaders here. First up, I'll be welcoming Bernie Borges, the CEO of Find and Convert. Joining him on the panel is Tim Hughes, co-founder of Digital Leadership Associates. Good, our echo is gone. And rounding out the panel, of course, is our young lady, Kirsten Boileau, who is the head of SAP Social Selling Training and Enablement. And this is Kirsten's series. She has been sponsoring this series on social selling with me for about two years now. So let's get started with our first up, Bernie Borges at Find and Convert. Bernie is quoting. Joe Montana. Come on, everybody. You know who that is. The Hall of Fame National Football League quarterback. See, Bernie, even I know what NFL is. Joseph Clifford Montana, Jr., born 1956. He's a young one. His nicknames are Joe Cool and the Comeback Kid. He's a former American football quarterback who played in the NFL for 16 seasons. Uh, let's see. He was traded. He holds the Super Bowl career record for most passes without an interception, 122 in four games, and the all-time highest quarterback rating of 127.8. I don't know what that means, but I'm sure it's fabulous. Here's the quote Bernie has selected from Joe Montana. Quote, Winners, I am convinced, Imagine their dreams first. They want it with all their heart and expect it to come true. There is, I believe, no other way to live. Bernie Borges, welcome to Game Changers Radio. How are you? I love that quote, and of course I love Joe Montana. I know. So tell me, what is this highest quarterback rating of all time, 127.8, up as, a, as opposed to what, 150, 100, 2,000? What does it mean? 
Yeah, it's a technical stat. It's kind of inside baseball. In this case, it's inside football. But let me tell you why I love the quote so much about Joe Montana. I, you, know, you mentioned that one of his nicknames is the comeback kid, and I have seen him back when he was uh, playing with the 49ers, the San Francisco 49ers. I have seen him come back time and time again, including, I don't remember which Super Bowl it was, but in one of the Super Bowls where he came back. And the thing about his teammates, Bonnie, that his teammates would say that Joe was always calm and cool in the huddle. They always believed that they were going to win because Joe always believed that he was going to win. And that was just, and I, I liken that to business and everything we do in life. And so he's always been an inspiration to me. I like that very much, Bernie. Let's now relate this, dreaming, imagining, having a goal. We're talking today about AI and social selling. And let me, Bernie, let me just tell our listeners that the title of this episode is Social Selling and AI. And then we have two questions to ponder. Is it a new frontier implying something good, something valuable, something positive? Or is it a pricey gimmick? And that goes back to my introductory comments, Bernie. Flash in the pan with a big price tag. That's a flash in the in the gold-coated pan, we could say. So, Bernie, how does this quote relate? What would Joe Montana say about AI and social selling? Well, well, Joe Montana was always a realist. Uh, everything he did, he just believed um, he could do and he can accomplish, and he never denied the, the facts. So if he was going up against a, a great opponent, you know, he knew what the facts were. As it relates to AI, which, of course, is artificial intelligence, it's not a flash in the pan, Bonnie. It's, it's already started. Uh, and I think one of the things that is important to point out early in our program today is that mm-hmm. AI dates back decades. Uh, I'm looking at a, at a paper. I don't know that you can call it a white paper, but a paper that was authored in 1950 by a scientist by the name of A.M. Turing, where he asked the question, can machines think? So the point is, Bonnie, that machine thinking has been with us for decades. Again, that paper was written back in 1950. We have recently begun to see artificial intelligence accelerate in our day-to-day lives. And so it's only a matter of time. In fact, to some extent, and I I know Tim is prepared to discuss this as well, it's already here in the way that we sell. So it's not a flash in the pan. It's here I think what we can discuss today that will be fun and interesting is what's it going to look like over the next two, three, five, ten years? Yes. Uh, thank you very much, Bernie. And I looked up, Alan Turing has been quoted by many of our panelists over the past few years. And here's an interesting quote along the lines of, I think, what we're talking about. He said, sometimes it is the people no one can imagine anything of who do the things no one can imagine. Interesting. And then he says the following, Bernie, you'll love this. I'm afraid that the following syllogism may be used by some in the future. And here's, here's what it is. Turing believes mean machines think. Turing lies with men. Therefore, machines do not think. I'm going to let somebody else untangle that one. But I, I think you're right on, on spot on on that. Thank you very much, Bernie. Pleasure to meet you. And yes, we have going to have a lot of fun talking about this topic. Uh, let's bring on Tim Hughes, who was just channeled by Bernie Borges. Tim Hughes is the co-founder of Digital Leadership Associates. And Tim is quoting Mahatma Gandhi today. This is an interesting quote. Anybody doesn't know who Gandhi was, Mohandas 
Karam Chand Gandhi Hindustani lived from 1869 to 1948. He was the preeminent leader of the Indian independence movement in British-ruled India. In India, he's also called Bapu, B-A-P-U, which is a term of endearment or father. And Gandhiji, he is unofficially called the father of the nation. And here's the quote. Everybody listen up. This is a good one, too. First, they ignore you. Then they laugh at you. Then they fight you. Then you win. Tim Hughes, welcome to Game Changers. How are you today, Tim? I'm well. Thank you very much. Yeah, I love that quote. It's fantastic. So tell me about this fantastic quote. How does it apply? What would Gandhi say if he knew he was being quoted on an internet radio station? And what would he say about AI and social selling? Kim? Um, I, I think that uh, the reason why I like the quote, for me, it's, it's very much like the journey that I've been on um, around social selling. Um, and, you know, I've been doing this now for four or five years, and you go back four or five years, and a lot of people would say that, you know, that social selling was, was not for them, and, and you know, social is all about taking pictures of your lunch and, and putting it on Facebook or, um, um, or Instagram or something like that. Um, but I think we're now at the position where we can safely say, certainly where, in, where I work, um, that social selling is business as usual. And, um, and, and we've been through that, the whole of that process of, of, of his quote. Um, and um, there's so many organizations now that are implementing social selling programs, SAP being one of those, um, and getting um, uh, really good results of it that um, I think, you know, I, I mean, I'm starting to tell people now that we're going to call it selling rather than social selling. Because it's, it's, it's what yes. you do. I've, I've heard that on other shows. Kirsten will, will uh, echo that emotion in a moment. Yes, absolutely, people are saying. That's like people have said, uh, big data will stop being big data. It'll just be data again, as yes. in the old days. Very, very interesting. Thank you, Tim. I love the quote. You know, this quote conjures up such visual such images when you're thinking of ignoring you, laughing, you fighting you, then you win. I, I can almost see a prize fighter getting in the ring, maybe a bantam against a heavyweight and saying, Yeah, 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 laugh at me. I'm gonna take home the prize. I'm gonna have I'm gonna be the one in the corner with the hand up. So thank you very much, Tim. Nice to meet you. And let's see who's next. Kirsten Boylo waiting patiently on her side of the table. And Kirsten has sent us a quote from Edmund Burke. Edmund Burke, seventeen twenty nine. Oh my goodness, to seventeen ninety Ninety-seven, long time ago. He lived to only, oh, he was 70. He was an Irish statesman born in Dublin, an author, orator, political theorist, and philosopher who, after moving to London, served as a member of Parliament for many years in the House of Commons with the Whig, company, Whig Party, I want to say company. Uh, he's remembered for his support of Catholic emancipation, the impeachment of Warren Hastings from the East India Company, and his later opposition to the French Revolution. And a matter of fact, he wrote a book called Reflections on the Revolution in France, and we'll leave that one there. Here's the quote Kirsten has selected. You can never plan the future by the past. Kirsten, how have you been? I've been great, Bonnie. Thank you very much. Um, yeah, I, I thought this quote was really interesting because it, it really speaks to me about how we need to be forward thinking, we need to be innovative, we need to be uh, learn from, from the past, but not, not try and repeat the past. Um, and I just wanted to go back to Tim's quote, actually, and, and relay a little story, if you don't mind, about Please. my own experience and how my own experience around social selling really um, lives out his quote. Um, I got involved in social selling here in uh, 2012, and um, 
And at the time, I was inside marketing, so business development sort of thing. I was really interested in how social selling could be applied to that role. My manager wanted nothing to do with it. She completely dismissed it. Um, And then as I kept getting um, more and more successful with it, she just, she started to fight me on it. (laughs) And then... And then I hit 500% of my quota that year, and um, and the next year was, you know, promoted into the role that I own now, um, at leading social selling. So it's uh, I really lived out uh, his quote. I just want to share that because it's very, um, really applicable to to uh, what he had to say and what I what my experience. So, um, but I really think that you know, coming back to my own quote, it is really. Um, we're always needing to be thinking about how um, how we can learn from the past, but never want to apply the past to the future. It, it, you know, we always want to be thinking of new things. Very interesting. I was going to make a parallel, Kirsten. I don't know if I should or not, but they laughed at me when I started SAP Radio five years ago. <laughs> <laughs> and they said, really? Really? Are you going to keep doing this? Don't you have other work to do? And I said, no, we're just going to keep going. And now we're about 1,000 shows and about 4,000 guests in and 29 series. And yeah, so go ahead and laugh. And yeah, just keep keep punching that bag. And, and here we are doing really interesting conversations around the table. Today, we're with Bernie Borg and Tim Hughes and, of course, Kirsten Boylow. I want to go around the table before I ask you all what's in your cup today. You know, our usual getting-to-know-you little storytelling segment. I want to ask if anybody had any thoughts on the quote I opened the show with. Sorry for ending a sentence with a preposition. From Maureen Sadiqwa, and uh, I I don't even... Oh, this is from uh, Logo Design Guru. It was a blog I found on artificial intelligence, social selling, startup growth. I'm looking at the link where where she said, uh, we don't even know if a salesperson replying to us in real time in the year 2020 would be a human or a robot. Sounds scary, doesn't it? Bernie, any thoughts on that? Just briefly, just give me one or two sentences. Agree, disagree? Uh, do you think she's behind the times or is she echoing what people may be thinking right now? Bernie? So, Bonnie, I generally agree, but I, I don't know that we necessarily need to think of it as a salesperson because one of the things that I think AI is going to do is it's going to change the sales process. So it's not necessarily going to be a salesperson behind that. It's just going to be what I'll call a subject matter expert. And that may or may not be a salesperson. Ah, okay. Very astute. Thank you very much. Tim Hughes, agree or disagree with this statement? Do you think we we may not even know who's on the other end? Uh, I, I agree. I think that gradually organizations will look at AI as a way of stripping out cost and certainly automating some of the more um, transactional processes. So I, I, for example, had a, um, was setting up a meeting with somebody and um, they said, I'll put you in contact with, I can't remember what he called her, Annie or something like that. And I had this conversation with this person. I thought it was a person and actually it was AI. And it, and it completely, we, we organized the meeting. Um, though obviously, it, the, he'd obviously forgot to blank out Christmas Day um, because his AI was trying to get me to have a meeting with him in the afternoon on Christmas Day. Um, but uh, overall, I mean, if you think about the, the, the trans- when you're having a conversation, I can't do this week, I can do next Tuesday, all of those words and those phrases can quite easily be automated. Very interesting. I have a story of my own to share in a second. Kirsten, what do you think about that quote? Would we be surprised? Is it already happening, Kirsten? I think. Oh, I, oh, I believe so. Yes, absolutely. It is already happening. And, and um, you know, how it can be applied, I think, is is exactly what uh, what Bernie said, you know, that it, it 
how it's going it's going to be applied over the coming years and in the future. Um, we can't we can't uh, again going back to my quote we can't plan the future by the past. So we have no idea what's coming. We can make all kinds of of uh, ideas and assumptions, but um, there's just so much development going on in this area. Very interesting. I think Kirsten knows the story I'm about to tell. Between two and five times a week on either my cell phone or my landline, yes, I'm one of those dinosaurs who still has a landline. Uh-huh. I still have a printer, too, if you can believe that. And it's not 3D. Um, I get a call from a, a young lady, and she starts out like this. Hello? Hello? Oh, excuse me. I have to adjust my headset. Oh, I'm so sorry. Oh, now that I have you. And she goes on and on and on. I recognize her now. I called her. What, Kirsten, what did I call her last time I told the story? Uh, Mary Lou or something like that? Or, I don't know, Stephanie or something. I give her a name and I hang up and I try to block the number if she calls on my cell phone. It's, it's a robocall. Obviously, she's AI, but it is, it's adorable and annoying at the same time. But she's trying to impersonate a character, a, a young lady who is a little bit dippy and a little bit, well, I can't get my head. Oh, I'm so sorry. Oh, now that I have you. So chatty, so personable, so annoying and so adorable at the same time. I don't know whether to talk to her. Tim, should I have a conversation with this woman or just keep hanging up? What do you think? I, I think you should keep hanging up. It's probably some sort of scam, I would think. But I know what you okay. mean. <laughs> yeah, she's all over the place. Anyway, but the thing is that she calls from different numbers because as many times as I block her, 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 she keeps calling me back. So it's from different numbers in this area. Anyway, I digress. Let's go to Bernie Borges and Bernie, where are you calling from and what's in your cup today? This is our little storytelling segment where we like to know what makes you smile when you pick up that cup, Bernie. All right. Well, I am calling from beautiful, sunny Tampa Bay, Florida, where it is currently 68 degrees on its way to a 72 Blue skies and just a, a gorgeous day. It's my favorite time of year in Florida because the, the weather is very moderate, unlike when, you know, it gets hotter and hotter here in Florida. So uh, I've been here for over 20 years. I'm not originally from here, but uh, love living in the Tampa Bay area. In my cup is cafe con leche. Uh, I think a lot of people know what that is, coffee with mm-hmm. milk, except I don't actually put milk in it, uh, it from a strict definition of milk. There's two things I do differently with it, Bonnie. One is I use instant coffee. So I heat up water uh, mixed up with a vanilla-flavored protein drink, a branded ah, protein drink. Yes. And then I put instant coffee in it um, to, and I make it nice and hot, and I drink it as you know hot cafe con leche, and I love it. It's delicious. Very interesting. It sounds very healthy, too, Bernie. Yeah, send me the recipe. Email me the exact recipe. I want to try it. Mike, I might have to retire my Keurig machine. Oh, my, I'm sorry. That's already retired and given away. My Nespresso machine. It's been a while since I've had coffee. Thank you, Bernie. Tim Hughes, something tells me you're not here in the U.S. with us today. Where are you and what are you drinking or what would you like to be drinking, Tim? Um, well, I'm calling from sunny London. Um, it, it is actually sunny here. I think we've actually... I was going to say, are you serious? Okay. Okay. Yeah. Um, so the sun is out. Um, I did have the windows open until... I, I knew I needed to keep the, the sound down for this uh, radio show. Uh, in my cup is um, Earl Grey tea, and I drink it just straight. I don't put any lemon or milk in it. Um, I had a um, best way to describe it is a health scare about five years ago, oh. where I was told I needed to lose weight or um, bear the consequences. 
So I decided to lose weight, and, and from then onwards, I've been on this journey of cutting out um, milk and cheese and anything that's got fat in it as much as I can, um, and, and trying to keep the weight off as well. So uh, um, I, I therefore drink um, Earl Grey, or I'll drink uh, natural water. Okay, very much. Very nice. When you say natural water, is it in a bottle? Is there a special brand you get over there? No, no, I just, um, well, I'll, I'll drink something out of the bottle, but I'll just drink it out of the tap. Okay. Oh, very good. Here we have a big, big dispute, and I'm just about a mile and a half outside the New York City lines. I'm on Long Island in New York, and there's a, always a, a territorial dispute on who has the better drinking water, and they say that the borough of Queens, which is just about a mile from me, has great drinking water, and here where I am on Long Island, they say, ah, you better go to the store and buy bottled water. So I use a Brita filter, and that does it, but there's a sense of pride about whose water tastes better. <laughs> very interesting territorial water water taste pride thank you tim and tim i'm glad you are healthy we are glad you're healthy you're welcome and kirsten you're somewhere in canada rumor has it and what are you drinking today (laughs) i'm in southern ontario same as always waterloo um and it is sunny here too it's a sunny day everywhere apparently around the world um uh, and i don't know what the temperature is but it's quite warm actually probably around 50 degrees i'm gonna guess Fahrenheit, about eight. Oh my goodness, that's pretty good. Um, Yeah, Uh, and what am I drinking? Well, today um, I'm drinking dandelion tea and uh, lemon water. That sounds good. A little different from the cleanse you were drinking a while ago. Uh, by the way, it is 43 degrees here in New York, according to uh, some kind of my Yahoo search came up with, yes, New York weather 43. So you're a little bit warmer than we are, and I'm a little bit jealous. But, you know, we are seeing such snow melting here. The other day, Kirsten, it was about 44 on Sunday afternoon, went outside, and literally these mounds of snow, we only had 4.3 inches here. Bernie, I know, I know he's saying, why, Bonnie, you're still in New York with the snow? What's going on? Come on down. Well, they piled it up. It was nothing here. But by the time the plows came and they piled it up against the the, the sidewalk, against the curb, it became small mountains of snow. But with only mid-40s on Sunday and a bright sunshine, there were puddles everywhere. I call them poodles. I have a grand poodle, actually. Yes, my grand my, my grandchild is a put he's a doodle, and um, they I just couldn't couldn't believe the rate at which the snow was melting. So yeah, it's all mushy gushy here. Anyway, as Kirsten knows, and Bernie and Tim are about to find out, they don't let me have any caffeine on radio show days, and you know why. So I'm drinking my cool clear mug of cool clear water, and uh, I have a pink straw because I'm delighted that we have sun here too. As Kirsten said, I think the sun's shining everywhere today, and rightfully so. So we're talking right now about social selling. An AI for the uninitiated if you've been hiding under a really big rock that's artificial intelligence. Is it a new frontier or a pricey gimmick? I think our panel's already decided it's a new frontier and we'll find out a lot more from Bernie Borges. We'll find out a little bit about his company when we come back. Find and Convert. We'll speaking with Tim Hughes, co-founder of Digital Leadership Associates. We'll give each of you one minute to tell us the elevator discussion, elevator introduction, not pitch, of what your company does. And of course, Kirsten Boylow, head of SAP Social Center. Training and enablement, and I'm going to be Bonnie DeGram after the break. So there, deal with it. So don't even think of touching that mouse, that app, that dial. We will be right back. Kevin out. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. Social media is taking sales organizations by storm. 
And only those who adapt quickly into the new digital world will be around in the future. Social selling is a concept that has implications to all lines of business, from building the fundamentals in the sales process and getting the content marketing mix right, to building cross-functional teams and ultimately changing the way buyers and sellers engage in a digital world. Join our experts as they analyze and discuss how social selling is changing the world of business. Changing the Game with Social Selling is presented by SAP. Visit www.sap.com. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You're listening to Changing the Game with Social Selling, presented by SAP. Email your comments and questions to bonnie.d.gram at sap.com. And you're invited to tweet during and after the live show at Twitter hashtag SAPRADIO. Now, let's get back to Changing the Game with Social Selling. Yes, indeed. Let's get back to changing the game with social selling. And we are indeed talking about changing the game with social selling and AI, artificial intelligence. My panel today, Bernie Borges, CEO of Find and Convert, Tim Hughes, co-founder of Digital Leadership Associates, and Kirsten Boylow, head of SAP Social Selling Training and Enablement, and a lot more, of course. Uh, let's go into our roundtable now. But just before we start on our topics, Bernie Borges, Find and Convert, give me a 60-second all-about A to Z, find and convert, then we'll do the same for Tim, and then we'll start our roundtable. Bernie, please. Sure. Well, find and convert is a content marketing agency that serves a B2B client. We've been in business 15 years, and essentially what we do, Bonnie, is we help B2B companies develop their content strategy, execute that content strategy to attract the, the, the buyers that they want to attract, engage them in conversations, and ultimately open up sales conversations. I also host the Social Business Engine podcast, which is a weekly podcast where I interview brands and thought leaders on social strategy. Thank you very much. Very well done, Mr. Borges. And Tim Hughes, you're up next. Digital Leadership Associates, what do you do? Yes, yeah, so we started six months ago. We're a social-only uh, consultancy, and we help um, uh, organizations. We do three things. The first thing that we do is we help people at the C-suite level understand the importance of social um, and, um, and the reason why you should be socializing both internally and externally. The second thing we do is we drop down to a departmental level and we help people with social, whether it's in sales, marketing, HR, manufacturing, wherever the department is. Mm-hmm. And the third thing that we do is that we actually run people's social for them. So some people actually find they're in a situation where they need to actually um, deal with their customers rather than actually sending tweets or whatever, and we actually help them and run their social. Sometimes we actually do that as an acceleration to get people up and running quickly. Thank you very much. Nice to meet you as well. Okay, Bernie Borges, you're up first. I'm looking at your notes you sent me before the show. And here's an interesting place we're going to start our roundtable discussion. Let me just read a little bit, Bernie, and then you'll run with it. Artificial intelligence will revolutionize B2B sales. And I'll add what Bernie says. AI is rapidly creeping its way into the software we use daily. Everything from CRM, customer relationship management, to marketing automation is getting smarter with quotes around that word. The promise of AI to suggest leads to the salesperson is exciting. Bernie, tell us more. This is exciting. Go ahead. 
Yeah, well, first of all, let's do a little level setting on artificial intelligence AI because uh, it, it really has already been with us for some time. So, for example, if you use Google, which is probably everybody listening to this show, or if you use Amazon, which is probably also everyone listening to this show, you've already experienced some form of AI. And the reason that I have the word smarter in quotes, Bonnie, is because what AI actually does is it gets smarter the more that you use it. Unlike traditional programming, and I'm not a developer, but in programming, what I do know, even though I'm not a developer, is that traditional programming is you, you, you basically develop something with a set of very finite rules. AI actually is using algorithms that get smarter. So when I say that AI is going to revolutionize B2B sales, it's really going to deliver to the salesperson information that it learns through the apps that we use. And it's not limited to the data that we, we access on a daily basis in things like CRM. And that's called structured data because it lives in a data source, right, or a database. Unstructured mm-hmm. data is the data that's out on the web. Tweets, comments, you know, what people comment on, likes, shares, that kind of thing. So uh, as, we're enga- as a B2B salesperson is engaging with the people that they want to engage with, the tweets and that unstructured data that's out there on the web is going to actually be available to them. And what AI is going to do is it's going to take some away, take some of the heavy lifting away from B2B salespeople and actually uncover qualified sales opportunities and make them available to the salesperson because it learns the more you interact with apps, Mm -hmm. AI-powered apps, it learns what a qualified sales opportunity looks like. So the B2B salesperson is going to be fed more qualified opportunities because the systems that they, that they work with, the systems that their company brings into them are going to be, quote-unquote, smarter because of the AI that's under the hood. So now the burden on the salesperson is to be more efficient and really focus on those qualified opportunities and focus on what, they, what we generally do best in B2B sales, which is the human-to-human engagement and the, the sales conversations and, and presenting our solutions and ultimately you know, winning the business through that human-to-human engagement. But AI is going to bring us more qualified opportunities simply because it is smarter. Indeed. Very exciting, Bernie. Thank you. Tim Hughes, love to get your POV point of view on what Bernie just shared. Agree? Disagree? You want to add any, any uh, coloring or flavor to that? Go ahead, Tim. Yeah, I, I, I agree with Bernie. I, I mean, we, we could always do with uh, more leads, couldn't we? So um, um, anything that actually provides that. And, and I think, you know, at the moment, a lot of what we do out on social is very manual. There are tools out there, but it is quite a manual process. And actually be going, going in and, and sifting through that and presenting you with um, ideas or suggestions is certainly going to be a way forward. I just hope that the B2B salesperson is, is going to be in a position where they understand that they actually need that insight and, and use that insight. Um, and um, because at the moment I can see you know, the number of B2B salespeople falling by the wayside because a number of the processes will actually be automated. Um, and that's a different subject. <laughs> yes, it is. Interesting. <laughs> Kirsten, you're up. And Kirsten, I'd like you to comment not only on what Bernie started us off with here in the roundtable and what Tim added, but 
we've spoken so many times on this series, Kirsten, about companies that are reluctant to dip their toe into the water of social selling, or they're still on the sidelines kind of gawking or saying, nah, we like the way we've always done it. Now with these advances with AI and with the opportunity to get qualified social selling-based leads in B2B, I don't even want to say what I'm thinking about why, who wouldn't want to do that. So Kirsten, why don't you, let's get your POV on this. Uh, thanks, Bonnie. Yeah, I think that there's there's definitely an opportunity there for that, you know, that lead qualification, that um, uh, demand generation space. One of the things that, that when I think about social selling, I don't think about it limited to uh, to that demand gen space. Uh, I really feel that it is social selling is is about. Um, the sales reps having an opportunity to build relationships with those uh, those individuals, with those customers or potential customers, and I I'm I'm a little curious to see how that will play out um, mm-hmm. in the space in the tool space. Yes, I can see that delivering qualified leads is a fantastic um, uh, space for for social selling and you know I can understand why people then would would get involved but I really think that there it social selling goes much beyond um, that demand gen piece it really goes around it really should it doesn't always but it should be focused around the developing the relationship and and how you can develop that relationship and I'd like to see if there's opportunities for AI to take place in that but I, I'm also concerned that if you're if you're putting out artificial intelligence in front of that how do you actually build that relationship with the individual Interesting. Let, let me pose a question here, Kirsten. We can go around the table on this if it's a worthy question. So you, you get this lead and you contact uh, Mary Jones. And uh, Mary, I see that you're into football. Wow, we both have a love of Joe Montana. Of course, I'm channeling Bernie Borges right now. We both have his love of Joe Montana. Did you get Did you get the replica of his shirt with the number? Quick, Bernie, what was his number in the NFL? 16. 16. Oh, my God, that's one of my lucky numbers. Wow. I should have known I liked you already, Bernie. Uh, did you get his 16 T-shirt, the whole series, the blue one and the red one and the pink one? And and it would be great to talk to you. By the way, I see you work for a for a uh, company in the, um, in the 3D printing industry, and, and maybe we could have a business conversation. So if, if this Mary Jones comes back to whoever this quote-unquote salesperson is and says, well, how did you find me? Are you going to say, we have a robot? mind social media <laughs> and and our robot is Priscilla Jones maybe she's a relative of yours how do you Kirsten talking about relationship does it come back to to how, how do you turn that into real connection if you had a robot make the original search Kirsten I'm just curious yeah I'm not I'm not really sure how that how you would turn that into I mean I, I suppose you can <laughs> Uh, be a little vague in answering that question and say, well, you know, I just did my homework. <laughs> I, I was going to me and my posse of AI, Siri and Cortana, and yes, and uh, yes, very interesting. Bernie, you started this. What do you think? How do you explain, how do you explain how you found out what Mary Jones likes about Joe Montana? Yeah, well, first of all, um, I would caution us to overuse the word robot and, and, and overthink the notion of it's a robot. It is, it is intelligence. It mm-hmm. is technology. It is software that is driving that intelligence. So I think it's less about, Mary, I noticed that you, know, you, you like Joe Montana, the, the same as I do, and it's more about simply 
uh, starting the conversation with Mary and then wherever it is relevant, and this just comes down to just traditional B2B sales skills. Wherever it's relevant to engage at the human level, you do so. And it's not, uh, you, you lead the conversation with, I noticed that, you know, you like Joe Montana, so do I, to even raise the question of, well, how did you learn that? It's not about that. It's just about the intelligence that gives us more insight into the person so that when I'm engaging with that person, I know as much as I can about that person. Okay, thank you. We have a reality check. You brought me down and made me, you sobered me, Bernie Borges. I appreciate that. <laughs> I was having an awful lot of fun with Mary Jones and, and whoever the other salesperson was. Tim Hughes, what's your thought on this, on the relationship building side and where this AI smart intelligence comes in in, in the background or the infrastructure, if you will? Tim, what do you think? Uh, I, 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 I think we have to be careful <clears throat> because I think a lot of people now, we have enough friends. Um, and, um, you know, we've all been in a situation where, from a B2B perspective, we put our email into some website, uh, downloaded some white paper. Within 20 seconds, some salesperson rings us up to the point where a lot of people that I know don't, don't request white papers or anything because they just know that this is going to happen. Um, whereas, you know, there's nothing wrong. I mean, even manually now, you know, if you're looking for somebody up in a particular account and you're, um, you, you've looked at them on LinkedIn, you've looked at them for, on Twitter, and then you look at them on Instagram and they're picture, posting pictures of Labrador dogs, then there's nothing wrong with um, having some sort of connection with them around Labrador dogs as long as it's, um, you're being, you know, being honest about it. There's no different from that and connecting with somebody that went to the same university as you. Okay, very interesting. Kirsten, anything you want to add before I go back to Tim and we're going to start a new conversation thread here? Kirsten? Yeah, I think, you know, the, the I love the kind of level set that both Tim and, and Bernie have provided. I think it's, it, it's really important that we do understand what the context of, of what AI can, can encompasses and what it doesn't. Um, and it's really important for this conversation. So thanks. Thank you. Okay, Tim Hughes, I'm looking at your notes here, a lot of good material. Uh, I'm going to quote some research by Oracle that you mentioned here, Tim. You say research finds that more than one in three brands, and, and I don't have the, the data here on what the brands are, who the brands are, say that customers and prospects, quote, prefer to complete a purchase or resolve service issues without speaking to a human associate if possible versus customers demanding a more authentic and personalized experience, which is a nice follow-through with what we've been talking about. So, Tim, can you tell us a little bit more about this research you're quoting here? Is this a good Uh, thing? Um, I I certainly think that this research and certainly research from CEB plays to this situation that whenever we go online and we do we we're, we're looking for a product or service we generally do that in salesperson avoidance mode and um um what i i generally find is that salespeople generally don't even though they do it themselves they don't necessarily recognize that that's happening um or, or happening to their customers and i think what happens is quite often we mix we mix the buying process with the selling process um and certainly, I, um, I think that from an AI perspective, if, if, you, if we think that sales and marketing is probably the biggest cost for any organization, as I said earlier, that people will be looking for reasons to actually strip out that cost and automate whatever process they can. Um, so um, certainly, I, I see that as being a, something that, that AI would be applicable to from a, from a business perspective. 
Thank you very much. Kirsten, thoughts? Yeah, I think there are some really interesting things about what Tim has to say here uh, that people do avoid uh, avoid um, sales reps. And, and it's because in the past, they've not provided the value. And that's where the relationship piece comes in, right? It's, it's by providing value to, uh, to a customer throughout the sales cycle and not just when they're ready to talk to that person. Um, you grow that relationship and that's how the, the, the sale um, doesn't get avoided. <laughs> the salesperson doesn't get avoided because then they, the, the customer knows that by interacting with this person, I know that they're not here just to sell me. I know that they're here actually to provide value to help me move along in terms of education and understanding around my issues, uh, the challenges that I'm facing, the solutions that can, can help me address these challenges. I think that's where... Um, you know, a lot of the, uh, where social selling comes in is, is building that relationship and providing that value so that um, the customer doesn't feel they have to avoid that, uh, that sales rep. Thank you very much. Bernie, around the table to Bernie Borges. Thoughts, please. So I completely uh, echo both Kirsten and, and Tim's thoughts. Uh, I, I think the issue, though, is a little bit bigger, and that is that people want to go online. Amazon has trained us all of us, to go online and do research, read reviews, and be 100% self-sufficient in the purchase mm-hmm. of a product. Now, of course, an Amazon product might be 25 50 or or $100 as opposed to a six- or seven-figure enterprise system, which is not going to be purchased online. That said, people do want to conduct as much of their sales process online as possible. And to Kirsten's point, to the extent that a salesperson can, in fact, build a relationship by becoming a trusted resource to their prospective buyer, then that will probably not change in the foreseeable future, uh, at least not in the next few years. I really can't begin to think about more beyond five to ten years because Mm -hmm. I think it's unfathomable to even think beyond that. But in the short term, um, those relationships and that value will always play a role. Thank you very much. Tim, let's move on to you just to wrap up this part of the conversation. And I'm going to throw in one more note here from your notes, Tim. You say nudge can allow B2B salespeople to gain insight into their contacts and prospects. Is, is this an, an AI-based app, Nudge? Uh, yes, it is, yeah. Uh, and, and it looks through all of the... Um, you, you, you load in all of your contacts, um, and um, what it does is it looks out there in the, um, um, in the ether for things that are going on that might be of interest to them. Um, and, um, and it brings that to your desktop, and I get a daily email telling me things that, that people may be in the press or that uh, there's a particular merger going on or something like that. And, I mean, the trick with this is not just to go to the individual and, and relay that because they probably know that already. But the mm-hmm. trick is to actually go to that individual and give them some insight, something they don't know. Um, but yes, I mean, it, it's not just available now. Thank you very much. 
Kirsten, I'm looking at your notes. Here's an interesting quote here. You're talking about a Sales for Life blog post by Andrew Yang. Let me just read this and let's let's get on a very serious side of this issue. You say, a recent Sales for Life post by Andrew Yang states that job losses are already occurring due to the advent of artificial intelligence into the workforce. It also states that consultative roles are the only ones that will face a rise in the next 10 years. And Kirsten, you add your comment here. I believe the answer to that question is social selling. Kirsten, why don't you unravel this for us? What are we really saying here? Well, again, it always comes back to that relationship. For me, anyway, this is, this is the way that, uh, that I feel that social selling really makes a difference in the way that um, our sales reps engage. Uh, they've always built relationships with customers, and, and most likely, um, when we're coming, calling, talking about those large, large B2B sales, um, they don't happen, and they're not likely to happen. Um, in, to my mind anyway, uh, over Twitter or over LinkedIn. You know, yes, the relationship is built there, but, but the actual transaction of the sale is not likely to happen in that, in that space. Um, and this is where it always comes back to, to the relationship. Um, sales has always been, been about relationships. It always will be, to my mind, about relationships. And so um, if, if a sales rep can't use the new tools available to them, to build those relationships, then I think that's where um, those, those, those job losses are happening, right? They're um, not only for sales reps who aren't interested or can't use uh, those, those uh, social platforms, but also for uh, the people that are trying to do what um, we talked about earlier in terms of AI and, and provide those qualified sales to the sales reps um, because you know, AI is taking over that aspect of, you know, sharing the right information at the right time and gathering the information about the, the contact, serving all that up to, to the sales rep who can then build the relationship based on those, those, those kinds of things. Again, it just always comes back to the relationship that if, if, uh, if a sales rep can build that relationship as a consultant, as a, as a trusted advisor to their, uh, to their customer, that's when um, they can be much more successful and keep their job. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, two, two parts to uh, something very important to most people, keeping their job. Bernie Borges, love to get your POV on this. Kirsten has put something interesting on the table for us. What do you think? Well, this actually bleeds into um, another point that we were going to cover. So I don't know if you want to go there now about the whole sales process changing. Sure. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, because really what I think we're speaking to is, is the potential for the sales process to, uh, I call it, turn upside down uh, over the next three to five years. And uh, it's going to be powered by AI technology. And what it's going to do is it's going to blur the lines even more between marketing and sales because marketing is going to be able, again, through AI-powered technology, identify who are the best fit people inside an organization to actually follow up with someone. So Tim used the example mm-hmm. of someone downloading a white paper, and you know, they expect to be you know, called by a rep you know, within three and a half minutes. Well, that first of all, it shouldn't be happening. But secondly, in the new AI world, there will be people, subject matter experts, inside an organization who are identified as best fit to do the follow-up with whoever downloads a white paper in this scenario. It will mm-hmm. not be the salesperson. It will be subject matter-based or some other nuance. Maybe they went to the same university, whatever that nuance is. 
So those people will be identified within the organization, which means it's more than technology at this point. Now we're talking about process. We're even talking about culture within an organization for those subject matter experts to be available in the sales process. And then the salesperson's role is going to change. And we may need fewer salespeople because at this point, they're actually quarterbacking the whole scenario. Notice how I snuck that in there with Joe Montana. They're mm-hmm, orchestrating very nice. the process, <laughs> right? So a salesperson is orchestrating the process, making sure that the subject matter experts that have been identified on their dashboard through the AI-powered you know, account-based marketing system that they have, that those subject matter experts are, in fact, following up. They have insight into what those conversations, you know, uh, have, have looked like, what they talked about, what the potential next steps are. And the salesperson understands when it makes sense for he or she to actually engage with that. So, in other words, let me come full circle. Instead of the assignment, oh, someone downloaded a white paper, they're in your territory, salesperson A, you follow up. In the future, the matchmaking will happen through the system, internal subject matter experts will do the follow-up, and they will begin, they will actually coordinate some communication, and then the salesperson's role is going to be to manage all of that from a process standpoint, and then insert himself or herself into the deal when the timing is right. Very interesting. Tim Hughes, love to get your thoughts on this, please. Tim? Uh, yeah, I, 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 I see that as being a a way of, of, of automating the, the, um, uh, the process and, and providing the be- putting the best person forward. I think from a customer perspective, you're going to kind of want that. But, you know, B2B, I mean, I'm aware of, of B2B sales. That, um, you know, I'm aware of a deal that's done, a cloud-based ERP system, where somebody just rang the, the salesperson up and said, I want to buy it, and, and, and they bought it. And that would have been a, like a $200, $300, $200, $300,000 transaction. Now, you know, a swallow doesn't make a, a spring, but, um, you know, there are opportunities out there for um, automating that sort of thing. But certainly at the higher end, I think there's going to be that sort of conversation. But going back to what Kirsten said, you know, there is a, a lot about relationships. And certainly it, when you're looking at, you know, multi-million dollar um, opportunities and transactions, it's going to get far more complex. And if you look at the CEB research, where it's now 6.8 people are involved in a, in a buying process, you've got to be looking within the sales process at, at change makers or mobilizers, as CEB uh, talks about. So I, I, I agree, yes, I think there'll be a certain amount of automation, but you know, with, with B2B enterprise, uh, buying seem to be grinding to a halt. There needs to be far more thought from a, a human perspective, I think. Okay, thank you very much. Guess what, my friends? We are officially in the crystal ball predictions round. I think we just entered it already casually, but we're going to do it formally now. Kirsten, since uh, Bernie and Tim just spoke, I'm going to let you go first so you get some time. I'm going to give you 60 seconds. Kirsten Boylow, looking ahead at the future of AI and social selling. I'm still in love with 2020, Kirsten. Somebody told me it's only three New Year's Eves away, and I'm already planning my dress of what's going to be in my cup. Not really. I'm only kidding, but it sounds interesting. So what will change about this topic? What do you predict? I'm going to give you a full 60 seconds, Miss Kirsten Boylow. Predictions, go. I think by 2020, AI will be really entrenched. We won't be talking about it like we are today. Um, it will become part of the social sales process, just as social selling will be, you know, considered just selling. 
um, including AI will be, well, of course you're going to include AI. Why wouldn't you? Um, that's kind of where I'm, I'm seeing and thinking that, and things are moving so much faster than they have in the past. People are much more accepting of new technology, new um, new ways of using that technology that I think it will, it will go even faster than, than social selling has moved into the mainstream. Thank you very much. Okay, let's go now back around the other side of the table. Mr. Bernie Borges, I can give you a full 60 seconds as well. What are you, what do you see in the crystal ball at Find and Convert? Okay, well, I, I definitely agree with Kirsten that, you know, social selling will just become, I don't know if digital selling is the right way to frame it up because there's so many digital tools that are in our, you know, bag of tools, so to speak. But I think the biggest thing that's going to be happening is the final, final, final alliance between marketing and sales. As I mentioned earlier, the lines are blurring and AI-powered systems is going to make those lines even more blurred where marketing will truly be ingrained in the sales process and it'll, it'll be AI-powered. I don't know that we'll be talking about it being AI-powered. Just like when you pull out your smartphone, you know, you, do you always call it a smartphone? You're just pulling out your phone and using it. So right. it's really a, about marketing and sales finally being aligned at the deepest level that we've ever seen ever in the history of marketing and sales. And, and I think AI is going to be the technology breakthrough that's going to make that possible. Thank you very much. Very profound. And Mr. Tim Hughes, I saved exactly 60 seconds for you. Thank you. Well, I, I think that um, social selling is now selling, and I think that employers have a duty of care to actually uh, train all of their employees on social selling. Um, from an AI perspective, um, I'm an Amazon Echo user, and um, I see voice, voice search basically taking over. Um, and... Um, We'll see AI being embedded in in, terms of, in, in, in more things. You know, with CES um, exhibition, they had um, um, Alexa in uh, fridges, and I see uh, AI and voice search definitely uh, taking over across the uh, the enterprise. Thank you very much. Everybody was very good. You all kept your 60-second allotment. I appreciate that very much. We're just about at the end of time of our show. Kirsten, what do you think? We had we had a good conversation. Yes. It was excellent. Excellent. These are fantastic, fantastic and um, speakers, and, and I think we have so much more to talk about on this topic. Well, there's a part two or a part three in your future, my dear Bernie. And Tim, would you come back if Kristen says pretty please? Yeah? Of course. Of course. Absolutely. Absolutely. That's what we want to hear, right, Kirsten? So I think we're just going to go out with a very... Kirsten, what's uh, coming up in four weeks on your next topic? I don't know if you're going to do this for part two, but quickly, real fast, what's coming up next on social selling? I am working on a couple of different things, mostly around um, April. I haven't decided on April, but May is going to be um, around uh, kind of etiquette and manners in social selling. Oh, I love that topic. Thank you very much, Bernie Borges. Pleasure to speak with you, Tim Hughes. Same, and Kirsten Boylow. Come back anytime. Oh, it's your season. You're going to. Thank you to Kevin and the Business Channel team at World Talk Radio for getting us on the air, keeping us, and not the product. It was a real echo. I'm Bonnie D. Graham. Here's my call to action. Fasten your seatbelt. What are you waiting for? Go out and be a game changer today, and don't go too far away. In one hour at 12 noon Eastern, I'll be back right here on the Business Channel with a live episode of Partnerships, Changing the Game for digital transformation talking about are you sending naked data whoops here we go talk to you soon bye bye 
Thanks again for tuning in to Changing the Game with Social Selling, presented by SAP. The best-run businesses run SAP. To keep the conversation going, tweet your questions and comments to Twitter hashtag SAPRADIO. Please join host Bonnie D. Graham again Tuesdays on the Business Channel. We wish you a positively game-changing week.